I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. So everybody in the room, put your hands up if you have won a quadruple treble. If you're listening to this podcast or if you're watching, you will see that we have all had both our hands up because Celtic have won the quadruple treble. <laughs> Juco James and Alan Morrison, what a happy day we are here to celebrate an historic victory, really. It was horrible to watch. It was ugly. And the stats probably don't reflect how happy it made us. But ultimately, a quadruple treble has never been done and it probably will never be done again. How are you? I'm very well. How about you, Alan? How are you doing? You look you got a shit-eating grin on you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Celtic die <laughs> here, obviously. <laughs> yeah, listen, I, 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 it's funny. I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I don't think I've ever felt as conflicted about something in my life. I was literally, as the game went on, I was slumping further and further and further into my, uh, into my chair. And it wasn't the rather nice IPA I was supping. It was just... I, I just couldn't believe what was unfolding before my eyes. And then you sort of win, you sort of think, that's great. And it is, and it is an amazing achievement, but oh my God. <laughs> well, so, so it's, it's 20, it's 2020. So I always try to say this year anyway, that things could have been worse. So uh, the, the, th- the great thing is I, th- we were really only technically behind in the game for about what, 90 seconds, maybe mm-hmm. Uh, after Christie missed the, his penalty, but well, other than that, I mean, yeah, as horrible as the game was, I mean, we were never actually behind, which is the yeah. one positive. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had this pending doom feel after the first goal <laughs> in the second half, but um, you know, fortunately, the the we were we were never actually trailing. Well, I had the impending doom feeling since Neil Lennon said that he was going to pick the players that he that got him to the final, and yeah. that's that's exactly what he did. He, he he went for he went for Scott Brown, and I mean we spoke about this on the Celtic State of Mind charity event that selecting Brown was not the thing that you want to do, but he went for it anyway. And Scott Brown played 106 minutes of the game, not bad for a 35 year old, but not good for Celtic Hearts because the really and truly. I, I said a couple of times coming into that game that in finals, the performance doesn't really matter because when you win, then you don't have to worry about that being an overlying performance again because it's a once-off game and a special occasion and the, the opponents play to a better standard. But my God, that second half was probably one of the worst performances Celtic have put in this season. Yeah, uh, and I think you're spot on. In normal times, I would say, if you perform like that in a cup final and win, who cares? And I think we probably all felt like that in the League Cup final. Um, you know, uh, it just went against the Rangers. But for me, it's that actually all of the things that have been apparently weak for Celtic this season were, again, on full display. So, you know, it, it's to me, it's just almost like you know we've, we've learned nothing we've not improving the performances are pretty much the same as they were we've won a trophy of course it's fantastic but um it wasn't like a one-off oh it's a cup final hearts have suddenly raised themselves all the frailties were were on show and it's not all scott brown's fault i mean these were systemic frailties brown was probably one of celtic's better players to be fair to him and uh, but you know the defensive frailties the lack of structure the lack of changing things when momentum is clearly shifted to the opposition, all of those weaknesses were still apparent. 
Yeah, this is the huddle breakdown, by the way, the <laughs> podcast that looks at the stats in XG. I got a little bit overexcited there at the start. I forgot to introduce who we actually are. We're the, the podcast that look at the stats in XG. We try to keep emotion out of it. I failed badly <laughs> there. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do at huddle breakdown or you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Spreaker, iTunes, and we're on YouTube as well under my YouTube channel. All the links are when we post the podcast on the Twitter account. So the best place to get us is the Twitter account these days. James, Looking at this game, what were your overriding thoughts before we actually get into the numbers? Bad performance, obviously, but any positives? Yeah, so I the, the positives is that um, well, I take away one main positive. Well, two really. So the the, fir- the first half was a matter of uh, degree. So um, you know, I, I I my routine in games is uh, I usually check in on. I stay off everything during the game for the most part uh, until I get, if, unless I get really distraught uh, and then I might put, peek into to Twitter, but, uh, and I, I'll, I'll check in at halftime and, and, you know, jump into the mob at, at after full time. And when I, when I checked in at halftime and I saw the, um, the level of um, just euphoria of the performance of the first half, I felt like I had watched a different game. I mean, I thought we played reasonably well. We had a decent level of control of the first half. Um, but, you know, my intuition, my sense, and I, you know, again, I, I'm like everyone else watching the game. I mean, you get emotional and jumping around and you usually don't even sit down during games. So, um, I, but my, my instinct, my sense was, you know, we, we, were, we controlled the first half, but it was no great performance. It wasn't a dominant um, performance. And if you look at the two goals, it was basically two fortunate bounces that created, I mean, Christie's shot was incredible. Uh, that was, that was a, one of, you know, that's, that's the upside of him taking those shots is that once in a while they go in like they did in, in the semifinal as well. Um, and then obviously the header that created the, the, the handball and the penalty was also fortunate. And that, that came from a good sequence of play that drove the corner. Um, but so you know, from an XG perspective, it was a nothing first half from open play, really. Uh, I mean, I think we had around half of an of you know, 0.5 around there, plus or minus, and Hearts really had three attempts. But the, the thing was, I mean, it could have very easily have been, uh, you know, between the error, uh, I call it an error, but whatever that clown show was when Hazard went out and, and Naismith uh, shot it in between his legs, and then uh, you know, Barrow's attempt early in the game, Hazard gets real credit for that one. I and mean, that was not an easy save. Uh, that was right in the lower corner of the goal. So it, it's one of those halves where it could have been 2-2. It could have been 2-1. You know, it didn't, we didn't have a, a dominant control of the game. Um, but at least with Brown in there, the midfield was in reasonably good shape in the first half. Um, you know, they weren't carving us open like they did in the second half. When, when they when they um, brought in what was his name McGinley or whatever his name Ginelli, is Janelli yeah Janelli oh, that's right um, so he really opened things up with his pace and uh, and and they you know when they started pressing more aggressively I mean it, it seems like Nielsen really changed his game plan at halftime or maybe he had a pep talk whatever it was I mean well, they moved they moved about ten yards up the pitch uh, he, he, and engaged Celtic earlier yeah yeah yeah. <clears throat> Exactly. They, they seem to be sitting quite deep in the first half and kind of looking to absorb and hit on the counter, which, again, given the personnel they were playing, they didn't have a lot of pace in the, no. you know, yeah, exactly. It didn't seem to be work. So back to this issue is how, how much of that was because they made a bad decision versus we were playing well, you know, and then all, the, all it took was a relatively organized hearts level team to start pressing us and, uh, and move those 10 yards as Alan said. And then we, basically fell apart to a degree. Um, the, the other positive was that we, we did have some chance creation. I mean, it wasn't at a level that was great, but the, the linking up between Taylor and Edward, I thought was pretty positive. Edward didn't finish three opportunities, but he was in good position uh, on all three and excluding the penalty. And he made great contact on two of them. So again, they were pretty much right at um, Gordon. Uh, but, you know, him getting chances inside the 12 yards <laughs> has not been a frequent occurrence, let alone from crosses. So when I'm, try- when I'm trying to pull out some positives, um, 
you know, I thought that was an incremental positive that, that we actually gave, got some uh, chance creation from Edward inside the box. Yeah, and I might say the opposite to you. I keep social media open the entire match to my detriment. And <laughs> what, what, what was hilarious to watch was just the sheer just change in attitude and thought from the Celtic fans because it, it literally went from this is bloody brilliant to Neil Lennon is a fraud and he started Connor Hazard and Connor Hazard wasn't ready. And then it just continued to spiral from there. And it was a real sense of panic that I, I wasn't confident going into that penalty shootout that Celtic were going to win that at all. And I mean, if that if they lost this game, that was that would have been catastrophic to be 2-0 up and to lose the game and not win the cup from last year. But again, that's how quickly narratives can change. It changed straight away from then, from that to Connor Hazard, who made a couple of bad mistakes during the game, saved two penalties, um, and just players who might not have performed to the standard that we expected, took penalties and finished them and were clutch and won the trophy when they when they badly needed to. So it's that's how quickly football can change. Before we get into, I know Alan has a special little quiz for us. Alan, I do want to get your thoughts on the game and sort of some of the numbers behind what that Celtic performance was at. So uh, I think I agree with what James is saying. I think on an, on another day, we talked last week or well, the weekend in the in the uh, Celtic State of Mind special about Edouard and how his numbers have really, really crashed actually quite significantly, both in terms of expected goals and especially expected assists. And some of that is structural in terms of the chances. But here we are in a big game getting three chances. Now, I had a big debate with my son. My son's a striker. He thinks that Edouard you know, you screw it up. You should have finished at least at least one of them. I think the chances were generally a little bit harder than than they looked on a wet surface. The ball was coming across. I know, but then on the other hand, he's central and he's and he's an elite, elite potentially an elite level striker. So maybe you know you're thinking one out of three of those should should potentially go in. That changes the game. We shouldn't forget as well the impact of you know Hazard getting the elbow into the net for, for that goal. I mean that that's a massive decision, right? That change that changes the whole momentum of the game as well, and that's a that's a big a big miss as well as as is missing the uh, the stamp on Brown. Um, so I think you know the game did look closer when you look at XG than perhaps it felt at the time when you take the penalty away, but on the other hand, it felt very much at halftime, like the Aberdeen semi-final, which I still think is our most complete 90-minute performance of the season in the sense that it felt like there was control there. The, vari- the, the, the variability in, in a cup final that could happen had gone Celtic's way, that handball, the bounce that let Christie have the shot. So it felt like things were going in the right direction. You've got the momentum, you've got the confidence, you've got things going your way. You're 2-0 at halftime against what is clearly quite a one-paced and limited team. And to, I think to, 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 to then unravel from that situation, I think, is where the, the absolute sheer frustration comes in for me. Because, again, a team like Celtic with the, you know, the, 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 the mentality of winning, um, you should be able to adjust themselves to whatever. Hearts simply pushing themselves forward, pressing a bit higher. You sort of think, OK, well, we'll, we'll, we'll now look to move the ball perhaps a little bit quicker through midfield. We'll, we can break the press. You know, it shouldn't be difficult to work out against a team like that. Uh, a, w- a way through that, so that, that's what was really disappointing for me. If I, if I could, I, actually, I, I was I had a question for Alan. So um, I, I did a I didn't rewatch extra time yet, but I rewatched the first ninety minutes or you know first ninety five minutes, whatever it was, um, on on Sunday night. I'm a, I'm a masochist that way, and, <laughs> um, that. <laughs> yeah. and, and well, partly because I, I I like to I like to try and assess how I felt during the game yeah, on my yeah. second rewatch and kind of, you know, what was I, was I insane? You know, I, I hadn't, I hadn't seen the broadcast live, but then I, I watched uh, in, in the replay, I saw the interview with Martin O'Neill at halftime. And I was like, you know, again, you got to love the guy. He's a legend. But at that moment, watching that interview, I was like, thank, thank goodness we haven't brought him in to replace Lennon because he seemed to have watched a different first half than I did yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, just, sorry, just on that, James, I generally don't, um, that one of the benefits of watching the game back and I, when I capture all the data myself is that I do see it in a, in a completely different way. I'm not, the, all the emotions gone and I'm just literally watching it. And, 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 and the reason I very rarely, and I do slip up sometimes and I catch myself on, I don't often, if ever comment on social media, 
uh, about a game, either in real time or, or immediately after. I try not to, and I do, I do slip sometimes um, because because when I look watch the game back, I, I see things that I didn't that I missed, and actually my perspective on the game is usually shifted, and it's generally it's generally quite predictable. We're usually never as bad as I thought we were, or we're usually never as good as I thought we were. Right. <laughs> usually, you basically adjust towards the the, the average most of uh, most of my perceptions when I actually watch the game back. Yeah, watching but, a game for the second time is vastly different. To yeah. watching it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, so w- one of the things I picked up, and that's why I wanted to ask you on Alan. Yeah. So uh, the I, tr- I shared a, uh, a, a shared a screenshot in my my Good, Bad, and the Ugly uh, thread yesterday that basically showed you know we had three people at the back. I mean, it was we had everyone pushed forward uh, except Brown, uh, Julian, and Duffy. You know, the, the the triangle of pace in in the middle, and. Uh, so that was horrifying when I saw that. I was like, I didn't remember that watching it live, no. how exposed no. we were to, to any kind of pace and counter. Uh, and then the second part was just how completely disorganized our right side was uh, with Christie and even Iyer. I mean, I, it's amazing. You know, I think Iyer's done a reasonably good job when he's played right back. Yeah. But, you know, he, he ran around like a guy who didn't know what he was doing in a position that he doesn't play, which is, is exactly what he is. Yeah, and neither does Christie, really. Christie's well, right. not, not a right-sided it, midfielder. I, I, I was trying to figure out what they were doing, and mm. it was all over the place. Mm. Uh, so I didn't know if you had any sense of that watching it live as well, because I, I, I just I didn't pick that up on my first watch. And in my second watch, I, was, I just couldn't believe the amount of times that Christie was over on the left and – Iyer even ran deep central, you know, in, almost into the penalty area. Um, so again, th- this is the kind of disorganization that's sh- that's structural. And you know, as we head to- looking towards uh, J- January second, um, you know, it, it, it's it's frightening to think about the ex- how we could be exposed in certain yeah. ways to a because even Nielsen said uh, after the, after the game. Um, that they had, a, a, you know, I'm paraphrasing in here, but I'm reading between the lines of what he said. It was basically they had some confidence because they had analyzed Celtic. And we've said this, you know, even before we did the show, Alan and I uh, privately, is it's it's uh, it's not hard to game plan against Celtic right now because there's so many things to pick up on. Um, so anyway, that, that, I, I didn't know if you picked up on any of that. Watching. I hadn't in real time, but but uh, one thing I am going to do is some analysis on um, substitutions and their effects, and I'm thinking about the methodology to how to do that. It might be like XG, up, you know, up to a point, and then XG after. It would be just a simple thing like that might be quite useful. And to what extent did you change the XG for and against by making changes? Because um, I, you know, when I look through my notes that I make as I'm capturing these games, I make some sort of, you know, I, I capture some sort of just narrative, and it just reminds me about the sort of uh, the things that I felt and, and noticed when I watched the game and the substitutions and, and, and generally just not just substitutions but just generally changing changing up in any way whether it's shape formation it just it just doesn't happen it doesn't happen it doesn't happen in a timely manner the opposition always react first the opposition make changes um, quite early you know even Lille in the game that we won three two you know, he's making a change at half time. He's making two changes after 60 minutes, right? Because, you know, Leland are still 2-1 down. And, and and you've got players like, I know Turnbull scored the winning goal, but he was dead on his feet. 75 minutes gone. He's out on his feet. So are many of them. No changes. Like, I think there was maybe one change that was enforced. Ayeti came on to replace Klamala. who ran himself into the ground. 78 minutes. They'd already equalised. So it's, it's, it's this, this lack of um, responding to the dynamics on the pitch, I think, is, is the one thing I, I notice in every single game, pretty much, that we play. And, and I think it's... I'd, I'd love to be able to quantify the impact of it. I think oh, I'm going to have a go at it uh, when I going to get some time. Yeah, and I, I actually tweeted after the game about it. I'm just trying to get up the when what times the substitutions were made and who, who was made. But essentially what I was... The point that I made was at, at some point I do feel like we're being harsh on Neil Lennon and maybe he's not the issue. Maybe it's the players just not performing. And then I watch him keep a player who is 35 years old and clearly does not have the fitness on the pitch for 106 minutes while he takes three attacking players off for defensive players while you're pushing to win the game. And I, I, actually, I have them up here. So he brought uh, Mikey Johnson on 90 minutes, Laxall on 83rd minute, Sorrow on 106 minutes for Brown. Rogic on for 
at 68 minutes, Frimpong on at 83 minutes, uh, Griffiths on at 97 minutes. So essentially the three substitutions that I was talking about was the Rogic on for Turnbull, Frimpong on for El Unissi, and Taylor on for Laxalt, or Laxalt on for Taylor rather. So the three substitutions, yeah, on, on, on first look, Turnbull on, Rogic on for Turnbull, that's a, a like for like substitution. But Two, well, in, in, two, in a midfield that's just starting to get overrun. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you bring on, uh, you bring on your number uh, 10 that, that mis- stays mis- Mystifying, uh, yeah. mystifying. And then two right wing backs who we've, who we've spoken about do not have the same level of execution when you get up into the box as the players that they replace. So, And then you're leaving your, your slowest, oldest, least fit midfielder on the pitch for extra time. It yeah, was mystifying I, for me. I thought for sure when when I saw the the, the second round of subs that, that we were switching to three five two. Um, I, because I just looking at the pieces on the field, I, I would never have dreamed he would have put Christie out left. Yes. To put Frimpong at right wing. I mean, I, I just so many uh, square peg round holes. And, and then I right back and I, <laughs> it, I've joked since the beginning of the season. I mean, it's like the, the, the island of, of misfit toys. I mean, it, it's, it's just so many, you know, things that just don't make sense throwing together. And um, yeah, watching it live, it was just like everyone that got announced kept ramping up the level of what are they trying to do here? Yeah. I think the logic behind it was, well, in my mind, the logic behind it would have been Frimpong, Laxalt, Mikey Johnson, all of them have pace, all of them are quick and run about. But then that takes away the logic from keeping Brown on the pitch. So I, I, I genuinely just don't know what he was doing. Mikey Johnson, I do want to give him credit, though. He, I thought he was excellent when it came on. I don't know if that's reflected in his output. I, it was such a short period of time, he, you know, uh, uh, to be honest with you, I didn't look at him that closely because he had such a limited amount of time on, mm-hmm. on the pitch. Um, I mean, I think probably the most notable thing from his appearance was that he stepped up to take a penalty. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, excuse my crudeness, but that takes some balls after having been out for that long, uh, have, had to come back and have barely played and then to get into that pressure cooker and, uh, you know, step up. I mean, I mean, you know, I, one would think that they had a predetermined um, uh, prioritization of, of who would take penalties, but then I don't know. There's been, I've heard some things that there was some spontaneity as far as Iyer stepping up and volunteering for the fifth penalty. So maybe that's more uh, storytelling and PR than. <laughs> I, think you can, I think you can plan for that to a degree, but then you've got to see who's on the pitch at the end. Well, right. Who's not, who's, not cr- who's not cramping up? Who's. Feeling, who's right. feeling it? Who's not feeling it? That kind of thing. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be. I'd personally not be too critical. I actually felt, oh, actually, we've got a decent set of penalty takers here. I think we're. I think we're okay. The fact that Christie missed was a bit, a bit annoying, obviously. But I think going back to the point and about the substitutions is, in, in theory, with the way the game was going from the sort of early in the second half, if you've got, I know, you know, Laxalt and Frimpong are limited in their creativity, but if you're playing a team that's suddenly pressing you higher and you're going to perhaps go, go to more of a counter-attacking strategy, those two are pretty good at getting mm-hmm. the ball forward quite quickly and, and, and running into space and finding space, actually. And that would have made sense if, if, that, was the, if that had been the strategy. But as James says, it, it seemed to make sense in, at one level, but it never actually, it never actually were, the pieces weren't actually put in, in, the right, in the right place. And I would have, you know, moving to that back three and then pushing higher in one would have made sense. Uh, to have to have those two players on the pitch and then to play that more counter-attacking, just shore up the middle a little bit, but uh, that's not what actually what happened. Yeah, <laughs> if, <laughs> I, I I just I didn't really know what to say about it at the time, and I still don't really know what the point of that was. Anyway, we, Celtic won the game and won the trophy, won the quadruple treble. It's never been done, as I said. I am I am excited about that. I do think it's a it's an unbelievable achievement no matter what you think of the Scottish League, and I know a lot of people watching this or listening to this are Scottish football fans, but if you don't support Scottish football or people that think that the dominance is easy, look across other other places in Europe where the leagues are dominated by one or two teams. This has never been done. So it takes an unbelievable level of consistency to do this, regardless of your quality or benefits or budget. It takes unbelievable 
uh, character and consistency across a high level of sport to do this. So I do want to say congrats to Celtic for doing it. And it's brilliant going into Christmas with this kind of feeling. And it could be, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it could be actually the turning point for these players where they think, holy shit, we're letting this league go now. We need to get a, we need to get a bit of fire under our arses. But quadruple treble, Alan, you've done a little bit of a quiz for us. Yeah, so, uh, so listen, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go uh, to respond to your comments and dampen any enthusiasm. It's Christmas, you know. Yeah, and, uh, can, can, can I listen. interrupt just for a second? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, sure. I, uh, we're recording I, I, to to, to uh, show how the sausage is made. We're recording at seven a.m. my time. Uh, so that's why I have bedhead and my eye, I have some rings <laughs> under my eyes. Uh, I'm just old. <laughs> I, 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 I had, a, had a couple of glasses of red wine last night. So, um, so I didn't get to read the full article, but I did see, you know, it's funny how the universe has uh, symmetry at times. And I saw uh, something before we came on this morning about how I think the L Lincoln Red Imps are con uh, contesting the fact that this has never been done before. Uh, so maybe they've done something in Gibraltar. <laughs> But I, I just, I, I find it, the symmetry of that, that it happens to be them uh, relative <laughs> that this really all started with a loss in Gibraltar, Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just weird. So, so listen, uh, that's a great, great fact, right? So hold that thought yeah. because, uh, you know, we, we uh, end the talk there about what it takes to win a quadruple travel. So let's see if you guys really do know your facts when it comes to what it has taken to actually deliver this. So, um there's going to be 10 questions, but there's some bonus questions as well. Um, I'm going to ask you to go first alternately. So um, you, no, no, no unfairness over the whole 10 questions. Um, so the first question, okay. Celtic have scored 452 goals in 180 matches. So what I want to know is how many shots have Celtic had on target in those games? And James, I want you to go first. And just while oh, you're both thinking about that, it's going to be 10 points if you get within 100, okay? And I'll give you five points if you get within 200. So, James, can I take your answer? How many shots on target have Celtic had in those 400, uh, 180 matches? 180 matches. Uh, so I'm going to say... I'm going to say 932. 932. And... What are, you, what are you going for? So 180 matches, is it? Yeah. Okay, just give me a sec, because I'm terrible at math, so I'm doing this in my head. <laughs> I'm going to say 858. Okay. So, listen, you're both not close enough to get any points. It's 1,306. Oh. <sighs> 1,306 shots on target. That's quite high. So that would be averaging yeah. more than six shots a game, would it? Well, that's way more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, I could tell you how many, but I can't. <laughs> I can only do so many things at once. Um, all right, so nil-nil. It's, it's a bit of a defensive start to the game. This, this so, could be a nil-nil come the end. <laughs> this could go to penalties. Second, uh, second question. What has been Celtic's average possession percentage across all 180 matches. So all those 180 domestic matches, remember, this isn't Europe. Average possession percentage. Ender, you're going to go oh. first. I'm going to give you 10 points for, for, for getting the percentage number precisely correct. Okay. And if you're within 3% either way, I'm going to give you five points. So Ender, what's your, what's your uh, take? Without giving too much of a clue to James, I'm guessing it's much higher because of the invincible season under Brendan Rodgers. So I'm going to go for 67 Okay, thank you. And James, what's your what's your? Uh, uh, I, I'm going to say uh, sixty four point five. <laughs> I'm just I'm taking sixty four. <laughs> I'm not having I'm not Oh, well, then make it sixty five. I make it sixty five. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So, so listen, um, you are both within three, right? Because it's the answer is sixty eight. Oh, and Ender was with what within one, so I'm going to give Ender a cheeky yeah. one point extra for being slightly closer. He, he deserves it. He deserves so, it. I'll so, listen, that. there is a bonus point. Okay, a bonus point for five points is in those 180 matches. How many of those matches were did Celtic have less than 50 percent possession? So, how many matches out of 180 did Celtic have less than 50 percent possession? And I'll give five points for a right answer. Uh, Ender, you go first. Oh, less than 50. 
less than 50% possession. How many out of the 180 domestic matches, remember? 25. Oh, you're way too high, and that's a terrible answer. He's naysmithing uh, you there, and yes, he's naysmithing yeah. you. He's just so think, on you. <laughs> that was a scissor. That was a full scissor. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm going to say... This in, this is all domestic, right? So this yeah, includes. Yeah. I, I I'm thinking the old uh, maybe. I know, at Ibrooks last season, and then uh, I'm going to say the cup final. I'm going to say two. Okay, the actual answer is seven. So uh, you weren't either of you were really close enough to get. I would I would have given you a bonus point maybe if you got a little bit closer than that. But uh, yeah, seven games, seven matches. Okay, question three um, is how many red cards have been issued to Celtic players in those 180 matches? Uh, James, you're going to go first. You'll get ten points for a right answer, and I'll give you five points if you get within one, which might give you a clue as to. <laughs> are, are, uh, just total reds, not straight reds. So it could be no, no. just red number of red cards issued in, okay, in so those 180 games. It's not much. Um, I'm gonna say. Five. Okay, and and what's your answer? Yeah, I can, I can I can barely remember a couple, so I'm I'm going to go with six. Okay, uh, the right answer is actually ten. Ten so brutal. Zero points there, but here's a chance for you to pick up some points. So, again, alternately, uh, I want you to give me the name of a player that is one of those uh, ten sendings off. So, starting with James. Uh, from Pong. Okay, that's from the one, cup final. Yeah. That's one point to you. So I'm not allowed to choose him. Um, Karen <laughs> um, Tierney. Uh, no. <sighs> do I get a second chance to second, keep bringing you, you, you up points? You get, you get, you get five each. Yeah. Oh, uh, do so, we? Okay, okay. Yeah. So Simonovic against Rangers. I remember that one. That's another point. That was going to be my my last guess. Yeah, suck on that, Enda. <laughs> <laughs> the elbows are flying, man. <laughs> so there's, so there's I'm, I'm behind. I, I got to try and get him off the game here. I'm go, I'm, Scott Brown has surely got sent off in that period. Okay, I'll give you a point for that. Okay. Um, Third go, James. Yeah. Uh, so I'll say, oh my goodness. Um, Good Lord, Lustig? Well done. Yes, yeah. Lustig. Lustig, yeah. yeah. Uh, against, I think it was Aberdeen. Yeah. Uh, Ender. Uh, Sviyanchenko? No, not right. <laughs> Fourth go, James. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, three out of three so far. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see... Trying to re- remember the. Uh, has Iyer gotten a red card? I don't. I'm going to say Iyer, which is because I'm sure. Well done. Out. Yeah, that well is Iyer. Yeah, that's yeah, a guess. Four, that one I didn't four. remember. So that. <laughs> All right. Fourth go and uh, come on. Still. Callum Mack. Uh, yeah, Callum McGregor away at um, St Mirren, I think it yeah. was, or Hamilton. Sorry, Hamilton. Hamilton away. Oh, I have one more. I get one more, right? Yeah, yeah, one more. I just, I just remembered one. This, this oh. is. This was, I think, the low point as far as red cards was uh, in Cham at St. Mirren when he decided he didn't want to play that day. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. So, so Ender, you've got one, one go left. Now, what I will say is that one of the players mentioned, cheating a little bit, one of the players mentioned has been sent off twice in 10 games. So it's actually only nine names. So okay. you, can, you can reuse one of those names or you can try and guess one of the, new, the other names that haven't been mentioned so far. Oh. An extra point. Who would it be? I'm, so is there another name that we haven't been mentioned yet? So there's, I think there's, uh, let me see, there are one, two names that haven't been mentioned and there's one that has, has been sent off twice that you can use again. I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be ballsy and just go for it. I'll, I'll do a Neil Lennon. Instead of going for the sensible option, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll go for Lee Griffiths. No, not right. So the ones that you missed, uh, guys, were um, Boyata, 
got sent off yeah, in one game. That's obvious one, yeah. Uh, and Christie got sent off in a game as well. Oh, um, that, right. That was just uh, yeah, that was against Livingston last season. That's yeah, right. I forget that one. Game. Yeah. And then, of course, the person who's been sent off twice is, of course, Scott Brown. <laughs> so five two. So you're back in the lead, uh, James. That was a good I needed round. that one. I needed it. Right, so, so what does that make the overall score? So the or, score at the moment is uh, James has got 10 points and Ender's got eight. So it's a, oh, it's a, yeah. it's a tight one. So the next question, question four, uh, Ender, you're going to go first. Um, the number of goals Celtic have scored within the first 10 minutes of games. So 452 goals in total, 180 matches. How many have been within the first 10 minutes of games? Now, I'm going to give you 10 points if you get one either side. Okay, uh, so, and I'm going to give you five points depending on how I feel. Let's do it. So, four hundred and fifty goals? Did you say? One hundred fifty-two goals. Fifty-two uh, goals. Yeah. How okay. many in the first ten minutes of games? Okay, it's not going to be overly high, but I'll go with one hundred and fifteen. One hundred and fifteen. Okay. I'm going to say I, I was. I'm. I'm rubbing it in now, and that was another bad answer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough, uh, tough long diagonal that one and that's gone way off the park <laughs> so i'm gonna say 31 okay the actual answer is 27 so <sighs> i'm gonna give james okay. five points for that that's, that's fair enough <laughs> pretty, pretty decent. i was being a little pretty bit optimistic with that one <laughs> yeah 27 goals not many goals scored in the first um you know 10 minutes of game. So question five is how many goals have Celtic scored within the last 10 minutes of game? So this doesn't include extra time. Uh, it's just the last 10 minutes of games. Again, 452 goals, 180 matches. How many goals in the last 10 minutes of games? And again, if you, if you get sort of within, I would say, if you get within five, I'll give you the 10 points. And then whoever gets closest, I'll give you, I'll give five points. I go first on this one, right? You, uh, um, James, you're first on this one. Yep. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 83. Okay. And uh, and uh, what's your? I went I went way over last time, so I'll I'll be conservative this time, and go 69. So the actual answer is 77. Oh. So James just gets the five points again. So open up, open up a bit of a lead here now. Okay, question six. Age over beauty, and uh, age <laughs> over beauty. <laughs> this is all payback for these ages jokes uh, I, uh, from, from the last the last pod. I should say um, that despite my age, I do have the memory of a goldfish. So I, <laughs> I, 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 I sometimes I even think was Nakamura part of this quadruple treble. It's, it's, it's just, just squash into one. So. So listen, you're on. You're up first, and you need to start making this count. Okay. So how many games have gone to extra time? Thirty-six cup ties. How many games have gone to extra time? You've got to get this spot on. Just the cup so, ties. Yeah. Just the cup ties. Yeah. League games don't tend to go to extra time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even 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 the even the SPFL don't have rules as quite as flexible as that. Definitely two finals. Did you? How many? Games? How many games? 36. Yeah, you, you, you 36 altogether. 36 okay. games. How many have gone oh. to extra time? Six. No pressure, no pressure ended, but I know this. Oh, there we go. See, you did your prep before the, the <laughs> final. <laughs> I'll, I'll go six, so I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, James. I, I think I know. I, I think it's two. I think it's just the two. It is It is two, indeed. It is Just two. the two finals. Yep. So well, no, it was. Was it before you say before you say anything? Yeah. Yep. Bonus five oh, points. Okay. Who can shout out first? Who was the other extra time against? Uh, it was I. Motherwell. Nope. No, it, it it was the game after Cluj last year. I'm trying to remember if uh, it was a Dunfermline. Dunfermline. Yeah. That, that's Dunfermline. right. That's the right answer. Oh, it's it's a hammering now. It's a God. hammering. <laughs> I feel so, like I feel like I started with a couple of league games like Celtic, and then I entered Europe. Thirty-five to eight. Yeah, that was that was your kludge moment there. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to warn you, and uh, my my wife 
yells at me and has been yelling at me for years since my children were toddlers that I don't let them win anything. <laughs> so, so I will, t- I will not take mercy on you. I'm going yeah, to yeah, love yeah. this in as much as I can. This is what we need. Okay. So James, you're up first on this next question. Um, who scored the very first goal in the quadruple treble run? Very first goal. Well, we didn't score. I think we got uh, skunked at Gibraltar. This is domestic games only. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. Quadruple okay. treble. Quadruple the very treble. first goal. Okay. Goal so the first game, first game would have been, I believe, the Hearts game where Sinclair came on and scored. So I'm going to say uh, Griffiths. Okay. And Ender? I'm st- trying to remember who all was in that team. That wasn't Lee Griffiths. <laughs> um, I'll go with James Forrest. Oh, okay. what a comeback. It's on. The comeback is on. He's done it. <laughs> in off the post. Oh. James Forrest. Was that the right. one that he, he cut into the box and hit it with his left foot? So listen, if you can remember that goal, <laughs> then for an extra five points, tell me in, in what minute. What minute was it scored? And I'll give it, if you get it within five minutes, I'll give you it. So what minute of the game was the first goal of the quadruple treble scored? And James, you still, still you up first. I'll say uh, 14th minute. Okay, and Ender? Go 21st. Oh, it was the eighth minute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Quick. So James, James replies on the counter-attack there for five points. Okay, we're getting to the uh, getting to the sharp end now. So, question eight. You like this one, Amanda? You're up first. How many matches have Celtic played on artificial surfaces? Uh, 180 matches. How many on artificial <laughs> surfaces? Ah, <laughs> uh, Jesus, too many. <laughs> um, I'll give you ten points for a precise answer. If you get within, let's say three. I'll, I'll give you five points. See, I, I don't want to do my math in, out loud, but I, I tend to do that. So it's, it's definitely a minimum of four anyway um, per season for four seasons. So it's over 16. Remember, we don't oh. play every team four times. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just thinking of who all has a, who, who all has an artificial pitch in the Cups as well. So yeah, I... I I think it's mid twenty, so I'll go like twenty late twenties, twenty eight. Okay, and James? Um, I'm gonna go with forty. The actual answer is seventeen. Oh. Yeah. So I was closer with the first. I, th- I think I'll, first. yeah, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you five points for being closer just to yeah, keep there. it interesting. All right, all right. I, I I oh boy, I doubled my number stupidly. Okay. Oh, so boy. Uh, embarrassing. Five extra points, and you've got to get this number right. Of those 17 matches, how many have Celtic lost? 17 matches on artificial domestically. How many have Celtic lost in that quadruple treble run? Do I go first? Uh, yes. Yeah. Two. And uh, James? I think you're right, Ender. Um, but I'm gonna, I'll go three. Oh, the answer is three. Uh-huh. <laughs> Enough the goalkeeper's backside, that one. So the, the only two I can remember, one, one was against uh, Clark's Kilmarnock, and then the, the, the 2-0 uh, Livingston. Do you have the third, Alan? I'm There's another one, at Living, another one at Kilmarnock. Was a one, there was a 1-0, there was a 2-1 with a last-minute Finlay goal, okay. and then there was a 2-0. At, uh, yeah, three out of 17. Probably not as many as people maybe think. Right. Okay, so we're getting into. Let me just check on the scores here. It's. I still think it's probably a little bit yeah. uh, one-sided. So we're forty-five for James, and we are twenty-three for Brenda. But you could just about sneak it with bonus points here, Enda. So James is going to go first on this one, and it's our old friend expected goals. Oh, so, okay. Uh, so James is in his comfort zone here. Mm-hmm. So one hundred and eighty-two matches, four hundred and fifty-two goals. What is Celtic's expected goals? They've scored four hundred and fifty-two. What is what would the expected goals model say they should have scored over that period? Hmm. So, hmm. 
I'm going to say it's 182 games. What was we uh, we scored 452. Yep. I'm going to say expected goals should have had us at about um, 426. Okay, and Ender, what do you think? With your vast knowledge of expected goals, what's it, what's it, what's it telling so, you? <laughs> so can you repeat the question? So we've scored 452 goals in mm-hmm. 182 matches, but if you look at the expected goals model, what does the expected goals model say we should have okay. expected to score, really, in, in, the, in, those, uh, in those matches? Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be close enough to the real thing. So I'll go for... Price is right, Price is right me. Get game show uh, strategy. Price is right, me. What did you go for? Uh, four, four two six. Four, four two six. six. I was. I'll, I'll go four two four. Well, listen, they're both very good guesses. The right answer is uh, four hundred and thirty-two. So four hundred and fifty-two. We overperformed our expected goals by twenty over the over the period. So um, I think James gets the five points there. But there is, there is um, the last question to go, so a bit of pride to play for here, Ender. Here we go. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> well, your smile when you go and collect up your uh, your loser's medal, not not that sort of Naismith scowl. Um, so the last one is predictably: what is Celtic's expected goals against over the same period? So Celtic have conceded 106 goals in those 182 games. But again, what what does expected goals say? Celtic uh, would have been expected to concede in those games. And Ender, you get the first go at this one. So how many have they considered again? They considered 106 in 182 matches. 106. Okay, so I will go 104. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. And James? Um, I'll, I'll say 105. No mercy. That is just brutal, right? Because the uh, the, right, the right answer is one is uh, oh, actually, sorry, the right answer is one three seven. So you you are actually closer. One three seven. <laughs> one three wow. seven. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm so actually we, surprised by that. Yeah. Okay. So, so Celtic have actually conceded um, thirty one less goals and scored twenty more goals. So this is what happens. You know, this is this is why you win quadruple trebles because mm-hmm. at both ends of the pitch, the expected goal model has been. Uh, outperformed and that's one of the reasons <laughs> so right. there you go and and okay just a little bonus um in those 182 matches how many times did the re- did the opposition register zero expected goals in a game so absolutely literally no no shots on no target shots on target how many I... out of 182 and then you, you get first go at that one this one uh 10 Okay, and James? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go a little higher. I'm gonna say eight, eighteen. It's actually only three. Only three matches. Uh, only three. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's not that. It's, it's pretty unusual thing to do. So I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give Ender five points there. But really, it's a, it's a late consolation. Nice shot from outside the box, but it's merely consolation. Yeah. Fifty-five points for James. And uh, twenty-eight points for Enda. So listen, I'll, t- I'll I'll take that. I thought I was going to do worse than that. So it just I, goes to show, right, that you know, stats knowledge does beat you know intuition every single time. It just has to be said. <laughs> I, I, I'd like to say that I'm I'm more of a Christie. I just like to take you know risky <laughs> risky shots, and Tom Rogic likes to just play the risky pass every time. So I I'm go. I'm the pe- I'm the person that the fans get excited about as opposed to. That works in your head. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys, it's uh, it's been brilliant really over the last couple of weeks getting to know some of the xg of celtic and some of the performance and unfortunately for the people listening we haven't had that many uh, games to be excited about or happy about or even positive about in any way so the fact that we want to quadruple travel even though the performance wasn't good i'm just going to say i'm going into christmas happy and hopefully you are too and hopefully everyone who listened to the huddle breakdown in its infancy are happy as well going into this christmas and stay safe because it has been a pretty shitty year let's be honest so a happy christmas to uh you james and to to alan as well yeah merry christmas guys yeah all the best everyone has a great holiday hope everyone gets a good rest and time with their families and uh, thanks for listening and watching 
and to everyone as well who listened to the Huddle Breakdown over the last couple of weeks I hope you have a good Christmas and we will be back again after Christmas probably maybe do something in the new year before or after the old firm game when it when it comes around hopefully Jesus, please God, we don't get absolutely destroyed in that game. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I can start 2021 the same way as I started 2020. So hopefully we'll get we'll be back anyway. Loads, loads of exciting stuff to come your way and to be announced in the new year about the Huddle Breakdown as well. So thanks for listening to the podcast this year and we'll be back again next year. We'll chat to you later. up with Team USA with gig speeds over Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Can your internet do that? Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Requires gig internet and compatible gateway. Gig speed Wi-Fi is shareable across all devices. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Xfinity, proud partner of Team USA. Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.